0: Wikipedia says... Oh, says
1: more. no, no. You're a scientist and say. you're referencing Wikipedia. How dare you? All day, every day, baby. I start.
0: You disintegrate Einstein. disintegrated Einstein.
1: Einstein. Welcome to Science at the Movies. A podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Abby. I'm Frida. And this week we are
0: talking about 2009's Moon. Woo!
1: I don't know why It is I a moved.
0: big... Woohoo! Well, um, it's a big...
1: Well, yeah. It, I mean, it, it is a big one. But before we even ask each other how we are, do you have a disclaimer for this episode that you wanted to give? Do I have a disclaimer? Yeah. No. A uh, Kevin Spacey shaped disclaimer. <laughs> I thought we were not gonna mention his Oh uh, well, w- well we have to mention his name because he is in it. He is in the movie. But we can do a we can do a what I refer to as the RuPaul Drag Race disclaimer. He's in it, we recognise he's in it, but we don't want to discount everything else that is wonderful about this movie because yes. of this one person. So from here on in we shall never refer to him. But we will refer to Gertie. Okay. He's cancelled from
0: our podcast.
1: Fantastic. So, now that that's out of the way, how the hell are you?
0: Oh, I'm really good because this podcast has given me a new lease on life. Because it's given me reasons to stay home all weekend. Even though (laughs) we're all allowed to now see our friends. I tell everybody, I'm really sorry. I need to work on my podcast. (laughs) <laughs> so this has just given me all sorts of reasons to not have to go outside.
1: Well, this so. is just a follow on from, yeah, your your love of the lockdown and your fear of returning to normal because you just enjoy life so much in lockdown.
0: Yeah. And, and everything's sort of gone to extra shit since last time we recorded as well. We're in a bit of extra doo doo. It's a hectic time. Yes. Um, all the more reason to stay indoors. Yeah, and um,
1: make 24 cupcakes and eat four of them.
0: uh, Scones for me, actually. (laughs) I've put butter in the fridge tonight because scones is what's happening for me tomorrow.
1: Well, I've been trying to be really good because it's summer. It's heading into summer over here. So I've been trying to focus a little bit more on salads. But um, yeah, no, yesterday I just decided, hey, I want some chocolate chip cupcakes. And then... Do you mean like you want trying to get your bikini
0: body ready
1: Oh, yeah, that, I'm totally getting my bikini ready? body ready. I'm ready for the beach. Let's go.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> there is like, no, that, I'm just trying to good. be, no, I'm at the level now. <laughs> I'm at lockdown level where I'm just trying to fit back into my tracksuit pants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <just> that bad. <laughs> yeah. I miss, I miss activity so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, that's actually speaking about that. And, you know, we've started our chat about lockdown again because I was thinking about this actually. The fact is we record in advance, so we're currently in a pandemic. Things have changed in Australia and some restrictions have lifted a lot more. I think restaurants are opening over there now. They haven't opened here yet, but it made me wonder what the future will be like because Mm. Right now, that's what our restrictions are. But when this episode actually comes out, who knows what the world's going to be? Everything and might change. So we have no idea. It changes so quickly every week. So by the time yeah. this comes out, I could be in the park. I could be at work. I could be in a restaurant. I could be at the movies at a cinema with popcorn. <gasps> when do you think that's going to happen? Who knows? What a time to be alive! I'm excited.
0: We <laughs> are basically time travelers, aren't we? Yeah, I'm sure We're that's how it works. We're recording a podcast. <laughs> We're basically time travellers. Yeah. In a sense. I can't, I can't,
1: I don't quite know how that works, but I'll think about no, it some yeah, more no, tonight. Not like that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure we'll come to it. There, there are many movies where this topic is going to come up, but not this movie. So speaking of, you had the movie choice this week. Uh, you said you needed oh, a palate cleanser. You opted for the oh Duncan Jones directed movie Moon. And would you like to tell us all about this movie and its characters?
0: I'm so excited. Do you know I wasn't going to pick this movie, but I blurted it out at the end of the Spectral episode because it just couldn't. I just needed to watch something good. Oh, I just God. said Moon. I wasn't planning on it at all. Um, but for me, Moon is um, one of the best science fiction movies of the past 20 years, I would say, and it and it did something for a kind of intelligent intelligent sci-fi movies where they take science fiction ideas where they just use them as a backdrop for human stories so moon is one of those movies it was directed by duncan jones and the screenplay was by nathan parker and the music i saw this movie once um, a while ago when it was in cinemas and that soundtrack by clint mansell has had such an impact on me until today i listen to it often it's sublime It's absolutely sublime. Let's get into the plot. So, Sam Bell, nearing the end of his PhD. I'm joking. Just joking. Okay, before I get into the plot, (laughs) we need to talk about spoilers because we're about to spoil the movie.
1: I mean, if you don't know that listening, (laughs) if you've got to listen to a podcast that's talking about a movie, I would hope you would have listened to the movie. So turn it off, I go watch the movie, and then come back.
0: Watch it. I recommend that you watch this movie before listening to us talk about it. If you don't ever intend to watch it, and you just want to hear our dulcet tones, then <laughs> proceed. No problem. We're here to entertain. But we are about to spoil this movie. It deserves a viewing without having spoiled it. I've watched it twice now, and the second viewing is also Good. So it doesn't ruin it, but you deserve to watch it once without knowing what's going on. I would say. So let's get into the plot. It it stars Sam Rockwell, who plays Sam Bell. So we meet him against the backdrop of this amazing score, and the score indicates to us that he, the daily drone of his life. It's repetitive, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. And he's nearing the end of a three-year mining contract for a company called Lunar Industries. So he's on the moon. He's mining helium-3 on the dark side of the moon. So apparently they only need uh, one man to man the station, and he's helped by what appears to be an artificially intelligent computer called Gertie. Wink. Um, And Gertie reminds us a lot of HAL 9000 from 2001, A Space Odyssey. Speaking of Space Odyssey, did you know that Duncan Jones is the son of Who's his father, do you know?
1: Yes. David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah. Um, his actual name is Zowie Bowie, I think.
0: Jesus. So it's, a, it's stylish. So Sam Bell is mining for three years. He's nearing the end of his contract. He's got two weeks left until his, um, before he's allowed to go home. He has a really nice chair. He has some slippers, some moccasins. He's got some hobbies to keep him busy. Um, so the live communications are not working. So he has to send and receive pre-recorded messages to, and from his wife. And he has an infant daughter as well. She appears to be like three at the time, um, that we begin the movie. Um, and sort of things start to seem a little bit off and he appears to be going mad. He's seeing things and, and now we're going to spoil it because, um, as things start to go Um, start to go awry, he has to face his predicament, which is, in fact, he is not Sam Bell. There was a Sam Bell, but he is actually a clone of Sam Bell. And Lunar Industries, instead of shipping people back and forth to the moon, have decided to keep a supply of clones uh, on the moon. Um, And because of some sort of errors, some mutations in the clones the clones only last about three years so after three years they start to kind of malfunction and decompose at which point they pretend that they're sending them back to earth they incinerate them or freeze them whatever they're doing and wake up a new clone so sam meets one of his clones uh there's a little dance break (laughs) they have a dance break And at one point he's finally able to call home, only to find out that his daughter is actually now a teenager and it's Effie from Skins. Hey. And his wife is dead. And to make things even worse, Sam Bell is still on Earth because she calls out to her father. It's really devastating and I'm very sorry for Sam Bell. And the Sams band together and they totally rip the shit up for Lunar Industries at the end of the movie. Um, I would say this is a beautiful film I love this movie it was such a pleasure to watch it again And Abby, did you like this movie?
1: I had never seen it I was slightly hesitant to watch it but only because I tend to be hesitant to watch anything that I think is going to have very serious undertones because I'm just weird about it I don't know why um (laughs) I loved it I absolutely loved it I think it is a perfect movie ah. and I love Sam Rockwell anyway but I right now just need mm. to say how much I love Sam Rockwell and how underrated mm. he is in general I think as an actor and how this movie should have gotten a lot more recognition than I think it did yeah. it's wonderful wonderful Completely wonderful. I really, really enjoyed it. And thank you so much for picking it and making me watch it. Oh my God, you're so welcome. Did you know it was
0: written for Sam Rockwell?
1: I think what I read was that there was an idea pitched to Sam and that Sam Rockwell Mm -hmm. was kind of like, well, I'm not really kind of into that. So then he went off and came back with a different concept. I mean, I,
0: I think the most, for me, the most interesting thing about Moon is the casting of Sam Rockwell. Yeah because he's so clearly he's like a blue collar worker in a sense do you know what I mean they could have gone yeah. with someone a little bit more you know these movies where they have like gosh these this big shot actors: Sandra Bullock George Clooney Brad Pitt Matthew <coughs> Matthew McConaughey deciding to do sciencey movies and kind of going oh yeah I'm doing a science movie now look at me getting all sciencey getting all fancy and Hathaway, and I love that they just went with blue-collar dude. Yeah. Just pressing away at buttons and collecting the shit and doing the work. And they didn't have an actor in there who tried to get all, you know, clever on us. Like, I really appreciated that. He was just this dude just doing hard, repetitive work,
1: isolated. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I did. uh, It's interesting. Yeah, because I wrote down somewhere um, it was... Uh, I wrote there was a sense of realism and mundanity that they brought Mm -hmm. to space. And it was just like, just the the normal kind of idea of like, oh, so we had mining. But now we have mining in space. And what would mining in space look like? And it's, yeah. And it's like, so you still have this type of a worker. And it's just the dude and he goes out there and he does the job but it's just the equipment that he's using is just more advanced than what he had been using and he happens to yeah. be on the moon not underground. Yes. So yeah, yes. and I really felt that vibe from them the whole way yeah. through. Where it was just like, you know, It's a shit job. Yeah. It's, it's like a bad, when he goes yeah, out in the in yeah. the it's like he's driving a truck, you know, when he goes out in the rake to collect yeah. the the, the <laughs> when right. they say the load. And he's there and he's like in his yeah. long johns with some weird cap from under his spacesuit like just on and he's just there and he's just like chilling back as if he's in like a lorry like just a big rig truck yes. driver dude and yeah right. I really enjoyed that because it was I suppose if you think about that it, it is a similar thing to like truck drivers or to oil rig workers you know mm-hmm. they go for a certain period of time they do their job and then they come home and the whole time they're away they're well, a, a truck driver especially they're working alone they're pretty mm-hmm. isolated in their kind of boring mundaneness of what they're doing. And they're still trying to maintain their relationships at home from a distance. So I felt all of that.
0: Yeah, he like FIFO, fly in, fly out, mining workers. And, you know, or, yeah, or people that are driving huge trucks for big companies. Yeah. Um, and the, even the, the machinery looks sort of like a combine. Yeah. It's obviously doing some refining as well. Oh. Um, but it looks like a combine the way it's just like on the moon surface of the moon spitting up all the moon dust and like getting the helium 3 um and and and, the, and like one of the first things i noticed on the second viewing was like i love when he puts his spacesuit on and it's like filthy it's like a yeah. filthy spacesuit yeah it's not like shiny. it's just a dirty spacesuit yeah he's just like i'm here i'm a shitty job on the moon it, it's not glamorous it's a, sh- a job no one wants to do it's a it's a job for a a blue collar contractor who's been paid good enough money to be away from his family for three years and yeah it just feels like a more modern telling of a science science fiction movies which is more in line with like our human experience yeah it it isn't it, it, it i guess it's it might be a little bit dystopian if I really think about it, you know. Mm. But um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. Did the music do, do anything for you? Oh,
1: I wrote I wrote a note about the music. I actually just wrote in general my idea about the um, just the atmosphere. I just said, like, the way that they use the camera motions, like the vibrations and stuff, and then hmm. I just wrote the soundscapes for the mining segments. I really, like, yeah. I don't have as much connection to music in terms of... I mean, I, you play piano, you play classical piano, right? Yeah. Yeah, so my concept of music is more just kind of like, hey, that sounded kind of cool. I've been trying to yeah. learn how to play the guitar for years and it's not going well, but still. <laughs> but yeah, I, just, I did feel it. I felt it when, whenever he went out and the music just really seemed to kind of fill the whole space. It's like he's in this desolate area, but the music just yeah. made it very kind of like intense mm. and I really enjoyed that. Yes. But um, what did you think then about the, when we kind of realized what was going on, Mm. you know, there, there was a lot of kind of stuff at the beginning about what could possibly be happening. What's, what are we doing here? You know, what, why Mm -hmm. are we watching this dude on this station? What's going to happen? What's the moment where something's going to change? And then the thing did change, which was with the crash. Ah, and where where did where did your thought because I wrote down I'll tell you mine in a minute I wrote down bullet points as I was watching the movie of my thought process of what I thought the movie was about so
0: interesting (laughs) yeah tell them please what was because because it's a second viewing for me it's like a totally different experience okay I tell me what it was like for you
1: please. I wrote down from the moment he woke up on the hospital bed so after the crash yes and he wakes up on the and i say hospital in inverted commas on the space station he wakes up on the bed and gertie is next to him from that moment up until we kind of realize what's going on this is my exact like stream of consciousness thoughts that i was writing down was he going mad wait the satellite's working it's a conspiracy this is really creepy is it a truman show situation is he dead Why the sabotage? He's less than two weeks from going home to his wife and kid. Why does he want to get outside so badly? Surely there's cameras in the corridors watching him doing all of this. Wait, there's a body in the wheel thing. There's two of them. Are they clones? Are they robots? Is it like Fight Club? Maybe it's a weird time overlap. Sam at the beginning and at the end of his mission. Oh, okay. They're clones. Loved the ping pong scene. It's,
0: it's amazing. Such a good twist. That ping pong table, my thought of the ping pong table was because they, they, trudged a ping-pong table up there for one person <laughs> <laughs> I never seriously of that. he could have used a wall he could have played squash <laughs> against himself that seems that would have been the, that should have been the giveaway for him that he was a clone <laughs> <laughs> Why is it? But when I was watching it the second time and I I knew, so for me, I was sitting with amazement going like, I do remember when I first watched this and not having any idea. Yeah. The, the, the differences between the new, I mean, the way Sam Rockwell plays the different Sams. I mean, it's just so good. So the new Sam is, is cleaner. He's more, he's more... Uh, he's got more attitude he's a little bit sharper and the old Sam is just totally falling to pieces yeah and the way he plays them differently I mean it's just the the entire physicality the way the guy even stands up against the wall crossing his arms, sort of watching with sunglasses on you know and then it's just he plays it so well I mean there's no question at any point in the movie about which one is which
1: which is interesting because i read an article where duncan jones said that he was initially really concerned about that people wouldn't know which clone which clone was which and i was Mm -hmm. like there was never a moment i ever was confused no
0: no and and the way sam deteriorates more and more it's kind of almost a little bit hilarious yeah the way every time you see him he's just he's just getting worse and worse and worse and he's like he's literally breaking down it's it's just amazing
1: yeah, so there does seem to be a kind of a theme between like the differences between the, the two Sams and their attitudes and how they are and a kind of like, for me, a little bit of a crossover between, you know, one at the beginning of his mission, one at the end of his mission. But in terms of what your personal feelings on themes and tropes were, what was your trope of the week?
0: I have a trope of the week, but I want to say this anti-trope of the week as well okay yes okay because this movie does a couple of these and one stands out really well not a trope of the week is that the computer is not bad <gasps> right the I mean we're expecting trope. that computer to become <laughs> sinister we're expecting the computer this is my not trope of the week and then I do have a trope of the week we okay. expect the computer to be sinister he is deliberately invoking Hal from 2001 yeah right and then he just tells him. He
1: just tells him the truth, and helps him. Okay, so that's interesting because, yeah, he just helps him. Something. This is essentially what my trope was. Bad computer. Bad robot. So yeah, just kind of AI in general, as sentient beings in sci-fi movies, mm. and just this concept that, like, if you have an AI being, that they have to, like, that they have to have their own intelligence and their own ideas and their own um, motives yeah and that the gertie would be on the side of the company so he would be trying to subvert everything from sam but it's not it's just this really really simplistic being of this is just some ai technology that is there to help and its only job yes. is to help sam to so help that's him. what he does Gertie just yep. helps Sam. Um. Good. So I just wrote down that I just I enjoyed that it, there was no unnecessary conflict imposed on the idea of the AI protecting a secret.
0: So you don't think you don't think Gertie felt bad. You think Gertie was just there to help. Like yeah. he was just. Yeah, and I think it's actually, we could talk about artificial intelligence as well. I mean, good topic. But like the, the fact that AI, we call artificial intelligence at the moment, and maybe forever, is actually just going to be very well-built algorithms that have a lot of different functions built mm-hmm. into them, and many, many, many features that allow for a lot of flexibility. But um, I'm not super concerned about artificial intelligence or yeah. bad robots. That's not something I, I, that keeps me awake at night. I can't,
1: no.
0: I can't say that. Yeah, I think I think we're okay for,
1: for now. Anyway,
0: I think we're fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that. the not The not a trope of the week is bad robot. Bad robot was not the trope of the week. Yeah, <laughs> the trope of the week for me is memory implantation.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. yes.
0: That's okay. a huge one.
1: Good because
0: the clones have to have. I want to take a line from Blade Runner and say it's like the emotional cushioning or whatever. That, that that is needed for the clone to function as if they are a human being mm. um is memory implanting they need to feel like they're human with human memories and that's i'm not you know look that's yeah. what makes them like a person so the memory implanting yeah it's so cruel and and when he realizes that he it is fake i mean that he's It's so devastating. Yeah. It's so devastating and you feel for him. It's just so, so awful. And yeah. First of all, that when she reveals that it's her, that's his daughter. And he says that my mom died. And the way she says, sweetie, yeah, did mommy die? Like the way he says it like that. He's yeah. processing everything on the spot and talking to her.
1: So like, you know, he's saying, sweetie, what happened to mommy? What happened to mommy? And then she just turns around and says, "Dad," calls out dad. Someone's asking about mom. And you hear Sam <sighs> Bell's voice. And Sam Rockwell's accent yep. <laughs> is so distinctive. That you don't even... Yeah. It's not even a moment where you're like, oh, maybe it's a stepdad like, or maybe it's a this or maybe it's that. Like, you know Yo. it's Sam Bell in the background. Yeah. So, you know That yeah, moment it really you. got me. That, like, uh, my heart Drives. just, like... I <sighs> think my heart, like, contracted or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he doesn't... And do you know what it says? He doesn't want to die. That's what it yeah. is. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Why should I have to die? I think it's like... That's, to me, the, the message of the movie yeah. is... Personhood, all right, is absolutely devastating.
1: It really is, and yeah, but like the newer clone Sam Bell, he's trying to get—I don't know—is he trying to get both of them out or trying to get the sicker one? And it's—it's it's interesting because there's never a moment within it where you feel like they're at odds with each other. I mean, a bit at the no. beginning when they don't um, really know what's going on. Like,
0: they fight. They yeah, do have this yeah. When they fight. don't
1: really know what's going on yeah. and there's a lot yeah. of confusion, but like it's not like one is trying to survive above the other. They don't yeah. fight with each other about who has a right to survive. They immediately are just That's like, right. which is
0: another film. Trope, you know, we
1: should survive.
0: Yeah, not a trope of the week.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: this movie they don't they don't trope it out. They just have the clones bound together in their humanity. They don't want to. They don't want to die.
1: Um, if we move into our yeah. next section Which is the science as a theme Within the movie Like the environment of it And the scientists But we're not scientists. really talking about a scientist here We're talking about a space miner Or like a space well, farmer But so yeah What's your ooh, Go on <laughs> What's my
0: Well I, I actually think this is about This is about a scientist It's, a, it's an analogy For the reality <laughs> Of science which is boredom repetitiveness (laughs) by yourself and we can have a specific talk about working in silo scientists working on their own but graduate research repetitively taking samples sending them away the days bleed into each other and the fact that it's the end of his three-year stint. I don't think that's a coincidence, I Abby. Mean. Oh, that's why you
1: said at the start, coming towards <laughs> the end of his PhD. I'm talk about the end ah. of PhDs.
0: Because, and also when you're in science and it's so like repetitive and you're like, is this science? Yeah. <laughs> is this what it is? Repeating an action? And the answer is, yes. Sometimes it is, especially <laughs> for the little guys. Mm. This is what it is. You're going to a remote... No, not for everybody, but I'm sure there are many scientists who go to a remote location who are posted in a remote location collecting shit and sending it back and keeping themselves busy. There are people like that. But specifically, I really want to talk about the end of PhDs because I actually have a friend. Her name is Julia. Shout out to Julia. She's just handed in her PhD last week, right? And and that shit is harsh. Mm -hmm. The last... Two weeks of your PhD are so horrific from a mental point of view, from a mental health point of view. And I really related heavily to Sam. <laughs> there are two weeks, and when you were talking about in the beginning, you were saying, it's just two weeks left. Like, why isn't it just? And I was thinking, like, I was yeah. thinking back to the trauma of the last two weeks of my PhD. I was remembering my m- mental breakdown. So I knew I had to finish writing, but I would end up seeing till 11 staring out the wall, getting takeout. So basically I knew all the takeout places that were open past midnight till 2 a.m. Like I knew (laughs) what the latest possible takeout was that I could possibly get. And I'd get that 11, then I'd get more takeout at like one in the morning. And then then at two I'd go, I haven't done anything. You know, let me just sleep, at least I'll sleep. Then I'd get up in the morning and start the whole process again. Do nothing till 11, get more takeout, get takeout again, and then say, let me sleep. <laughs> it's just it's just it's just the worst and i want to say to all people in their phd is that um if you need a break for mental health take a break and i know i'm, <laughs> in, I'm literally sh- sat here right
1: now just going i'm super excited about the future Yay! <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, 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 i don't know what to say i mean it's three yeah. fucking years of the same thing i mean <laughs> wow it's it's not one year it's three years and and by the end of it you don't want to look it's really pouring i have to think of a solution about this but no end of phd is so brutal because of what it does to your mind That i felt like this movie was a heavy metaphor for for that that's really interesting
1: that you caught that i didn't i didn't it didn't but i suppose that's because like i haven't gone through that experience yet i haven't reached the end of a phd yes so. yes
0: yeah we'll come I mean, back in a few years time see. and we can talk about it again you'll see we what can come back like. while i'm going I, uh, through
1: it we'll see what state i'm oh my in God. we can do some i'll do some live stories in those two weeks
0: you just shout out to everybody yeah, that when i did my when i finished my first full draft i did a seven hour push in a in a cafe called einstein's actually huh? the cafe was called einstein's oh my god i'm such a loser it's not even no. normal it's good. i sat in i sat in the cafe for seven hours straight oh and ordered god. one food after the other and i and i did it and i finished it wow. and i mean it was just brutal it killed me killed me
1: yeah i work yeah. so much better when i have pressure on me when i know that i'm like yeah. i have to do this then mm-hmm. i will do it and i will focus hardcore and i will get it done but i struggle with you know spacing it out over time so that I don't get to that point like you're saying to sit there in a cafe for seven hours but I, I do I would get to that point and I would yeah, do a seven. Me thing. too yeah
0: I've never improved myself I don't know what's wrong with me I don't know what's wrong with me I don't know how much better I would be if I didn't behave that way with deadlines yeah. I just compulsively work under pressure and yeah yeah I, I hate myself What's wrong with me?
1: (laughs) But does it work for you? That's the thing. It's like there's behaviors that we need to learn, but then there's behaviors that work for us and other people may not get it, but it's like it actually this actually brings us back into the movie a little bit because when you look at the the behaviors between the two Sams, you know that you know the movie we're talking about? You know what we're here to talk about? but the behaviors between the two sams like one sam has a learned behavior because he's been there for three years he is familiar with the environment and the isolation and the boredom and he knows how to react whereas the other sam like doesn't get it he's just like oh wants more action wants more movement and wants to push things forward a bit more whereas the other guy is just like you said he's got his moccasins and he's sat in his chair and He's tinkering away with his little model while yeah, new sam yeah. is just like what the fuck are you doing just sitting around there dude and i guess that's it, it it's it's so interesting because you know it's it's two he clones of the same it. people but just at different points and you just see how their different behaviors
0: yeah at different points in their lives absolutely i had a really good fact about this movie which is that they had so much take chinese takeout while they were Uh, making the movie that it's takeout it's their actual takeout boxes sam's food that's stacked i read that as well yeah that's empty takeout boxes (laughs) well i suppose because it's on such a low budget as well it's so relatable right i feel it it was a low budget even though he's (laughs) david bowie's son he was like dad (laughs) david bowie was like you need to make a man out of yourself not doing this not enabling you yeah, like it, he was on a low budget, um, and I think they spent <laughs> half the budget on the music, and the other half of the budget on the set. <laughs> Magnificent! I'm now like starting get a bit drunk at this point.
1: Okay, all right, um, we better hurry it up then, because Rita's been panned in the wine. I haven't had anything to drink yet. I was gonna have a gin and tonic, but um, maybe I should go and make next a, time. To, maybe Abby, I should no. Maybe I should Abby. go and make myself a gin and tonic.
0: Let's pull, let, go.
1: Okay. So we're back. I have my gin and tonic. We're back. We're back. You've got your gin and tonic Mm -hmm. because now what time is it in London? Uh, It is 2 PM and it's a Saturday afternoon. So I can totally have a gin and tonic. When we talk about the actual science of this movie. So Mm. I tacked down that. I reckon that there's three topics that we need to discuss. We've got the main obvious one, which is the mining of the helium three on the moon as a clean energy source. Then we've got, like, the central concept that occurs as a direct result of the first action. Firstly, we've got cognitive effects of isolation and loneliness on astronauts. And then we've got the banger, which is the use of clones as disposable workers. So where would you like to start? Should we start with the Helium-3 concept? Yes. I don't feel, because I don't feel like this movie had an actual here comes the science bit.
0: Here's a movie that didn't bang us over the head with its science. So this is a movie, this is an example to all science fiction movies, not to smash the viewer over the head with scientific explanations, which are, by and large, incredibly boring. They're boring to laymen, and they're painful to scientists, so... Taking an example from this movie, it doesn't smash over the head with it. Mm. So there isn't a Here Come the Science Miss. There's a, there's a great twist, but it, there is a lot of science in the background. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about that. Do you, do, you, do you want to talk about the helium-3 or should I? You, you go ahead. This is your movie choice. Okay. It's a thing. Yeah. It's really a thing. Yeah. So it's a stable isotope of helium. And there is actually a lot of speculation that it might be a possible future energy source. So this is a thing. And there is more on the dark side of the moon than on the mm. not dark side of the moon. Would that be called the light side of <laughs> the moon? The brighter side of the moon? Yeah. So so the, the, it's a fu- fusion reaction and it releases large amounts of energy. But it isn't radioactive in that particular process. But what I did read uh, was that it, it's... Um, You need huge amounts of heat in order to actually um, generate that energy, and that can cause some problems. Yeah, fusion is something
1: that we haven't cracked yet, because the energy required to input into, cause a fusion reaction that would then give you the energy, like a high energy output, is higher than anything that we can (laughs) Um, That's right. But yeah, exactly. Right. It is. It is a thing that, like, if we could do it, it, it would be a potential clean energy source. But that means yeah. developing the ability to use free to use fusion.
0: Yes, and it, and helium three takes even more more heat, mm. more energy to to get the reaction going. So
1: can I, I tell really love that. Yes, please. no I was just gonna say I want to tell you a fun fact that I read. I don't know if you came across it. Go on, Abby. After the movie premiered, NASA requested a special screening with Duncan Jones. I don't know if Sam Rockwell was there as well. But they did a screening of the movie at NASA. And NASA asked... They had a Q&A with him afterwards. And asked him where he got his ideas for things. And it was Ooh. just really cool. Because they were like, where did you get your idea for Mining on the Moon? And he said that he got it from a book by Robert Zubrin. Which is called Entering Space. Which is about how you could financially justify colonizing the solar system and he said that there was a chapter on colonizing the moon and using helium 3 as a source for fusion power and that's basically where he got the idea from it and when the guys at nasa asked him why did you choose to do it on the dark side of the moon it says that there's more helium did you say that did you just say there was more helium on the dark side of the moon
0: yeah there is more helium in the dark
1: side. Oh. That's true. Oh, I thought. Well, this this one here says there's more helium on the near side. Well, anyway, I he, might be wrong. Okay, <laughs> so Wikipedia says fifty. Oh says more. no, no! You're a scientist, guess, and sorry. you're referencing Wikipedia. How dare you? <laughs> All day, every day, baby. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'll we'll <laughs> come back to that, but what i liked about it was he was asked Mm. and he said that when you start harvesting helium three you're scooping up the first few inches of the lunar regolith which is like the moon dust kind of the base yeah um and bringing it to the harvesting machine cooking it to release a gas that you're going to store and then you're kicking the detritus out the back sorry it's a word that i struggle with saying for some reason Because it's going through the cooking process, there will be chemical changes which may affect the color of the regolith. And that's going to affect possibly the reflectivity of what's kicked out. And if you haven't done it before, you're going to be doing it on a large scale, literally changing the reflectivity of the moon. And that's going to affect Mm -hmm. wildlife or all sorts of things back here on Earth. And do you really want to take the risk of doing that on the near side before you've done it on the far side to actually see what's going to happen? And that was his argument for basing it on the dark side of the moon. And the people at NASA thought that that was a really good argument. I loved uh, it. I just read I that, that. And I was just like, this is a dude who like, it's a filmmaker who like, he thought so much about this. Now, to he be fair, a good smart he has a degree in philosophy and he did start a PhD and then left it Towards the, uh, like, a couple of years in. So I think your argument about the the PhD environment concept is very, very close. It's like, it's like
0: he made, he had just enough thought about it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Just enough and not too much. And that's the magic of the movie, I think. That the, it's very simple. It's very simple. Yeah. They kind of go, we're, mooning, we're mining on the moon. There's clones. They, they they set it up, it's incredibly simple the way they set up all of these futuristic ideas and this science fiction. And and, and even the clones, when they finally see the clones, they open up the drawer and it's just a clone. Yeah. It isn't overly sophisticated. It's simplistic. It's a clone in a drawer. Whatever. Yeah. I'm sure he has an explanation about how it's being kept in the drawer. And but it doesn't matter. He, the thing is they don't waste much time on it. It's super simple. And I appreciate that a lot. It's very rare in science fiction movies for them to underplay.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> as opposed to using the science fiction, uh, as an attraction itself, right? Yeah. And using the flash bang of the new flashy science fiction on to draw audiences. He makes that super simple and goes straight to the human side of things. Um, I think we can talk about, I, I so I wrote my points about size, and my last point was, you know, praising him for his detail. Oh, it's so good. And then the last detail was, the last point was cloning, though. Oh, well. <laughs> cloning. Yeah. Where are we on cloning? I. I mean, like, where are, do you, do you know where humans are on cloning? I do. We're not yeah, doing it.
1: it. <laughs> no, we are. Well, no, there's a couple of things to do with cloning, so I've got some notes about it. There are three different types of cloning. We've got gene cloning, reproductive cloning, and therapeutic cloning. Gene cloning is where you produce a copy of genes and segments of DNA. So that's used in a lot of research. So it does actually happen quite a lot where they do that because it allows you to have a set of like duplicate genes so you can you know do research and experiments, I guess, where you can have a bit more validity to your results. Reproductive and therapeutic cloning then are more about... They're a little bit more not taboo that's not the word but reproductive cloning is when you produce a copy of a whole animal and then therapeutic cloning is where you produce the embryonic stem cells for experiments they're the ones that are aimed at tissues to replace injured and diseased tissues so there is a lot of like stem cell research we've we've all heard about it i'm sure and that is something that takes place the reproductive cloning so the idea of this movie um is the thing that happened when dolly was cloned as a sheep we all know about dolly so the problem, and it's, it's shown with Dolly, is like the relative age of the cloned cell's chromosomes. So as your cells go through your rounds of division, which is what happens to us continuously throughout our life, the telomeres, which are the tips of your chromosomes, shrink. But over time, they become so short that the cell can't divide anymore, the cell dies. It's a part of the natural aging process, and it happens in all cell types. Well, that means that when you create a clone from a cell that's taken from an adult as they were for sam the chromosomes are already shorter than normal so that means that you are already condemning your clothes to a shorter cell to a shorter lifespan so that would explain why they could only survive for three years Ooh. so it there is a reality in there like dolly the sheep was cloned from the cell of a six-year-old sheep and had chromosomes that were shorter than those of other sheep her age so when dolly actually died when she was six which is the half of the average of a sheep's 12 year lifespan so why would you why would you create a clone just to have and it's not even guaranteed that a clone is going to look identical to the to the being that it's been cloned from so it makes no sense we already have a reproductive system i think we're okay (laughs) that's true so that's my bit on cloning but i but i know your your thing was (laughs) cloning though (laughs) does the cloning though is the is the does the cloning um is your reaction to the cloning a bit more related to or um does this lead us into <laughs> our next segment
0: yeah i reckon it does
1: okay well well then let's play some music
0: let's play some music if i can
1: what the heck? what the what the fuck? <laughs> It's the moo cows. It's second. the moo. So so as you can tell, Frida has made us a what the fuck um, jingle, which we have used in the last few episodes, but this is the first time we've recorded where we've actually had it with us. So we've We're not talking? had a reaction to it before. And she just said this to me. And I was like, <laughs> the, the moves uh, in the background just. <laughs> I don't know
0: what, do you know what inspired me to do it? What? I feel like every time I open my mouth, I dig myself deeper and deeper into a nerd hole. <laughs> like, but I, but what inspired me to do it was Weird Al Yankovic's cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh my God. He uses like animal sounds. <laughs> anyway, what the fuck? So as you yeah, might have yeah, noticed, what the there, fuck there to there other episodes... What the fuck we added the what the fucking yeah. post in the last ones. So we haven't been able to like have a moment to talk about yeah. to talk about it. Here we go. Okay. What the fuck? Do do you have a what the fuck moment? I do, but all? it was hard. It was hard cuz it's a good movie. Yeah. So I didn't feel that way at any point in the movie. I didn't feel like yeah. what the fuck.
1: Was there anything but was there anything whether it was good or bad? that like mm-hmm. what what was so on. what's what's your moment what did you pick for it
0: I could talk about ping pong table amateur <laughs> but I just appreciate those more than anything my big like whole what the fuck thing about the movie is that please are you telling me that this company low-key developed cloning <laughs> illegally and found it was cheaper to keep clones how many clones were there a hundred 50 50 coins. let's just say, underground in an underground cavern that is completely refrigerated and stayed there for as long as they needed it. Are you telling me that that was easier than just transporting people back and forth? Because we know that people can be transported back and forth with ease, with a fucking rocket mm. because he did it he got in the rocket and went back to earth and we know he made it because you heard the voices of the, him giving a congressional thing and people yelling oh he's an illegal immigrant He's a he's a nut bag whatever it is so with ease he took him three days he got in the rocket and they're sending the helium-3 in the rocket anyway we know it's easy yeah. they showed us on the film you're really telling me that I should believe (laughs) that it was somehow cheaper for them to just keep refrigerated clones? Because that would have taken a lot of energy as well.
1: Yeah, I feel like it was a bit of a metaphor for disposable workers Yes. in these types of environments and big corporations reaping the benefits and not really caring about the effect that it has on the people that are doing the actual work for them
0: yeah see abby you are yes you're much you're very articulate <laughs> yes that is what it is it's a metaphor for disposable workers and even if we can get into specifics yeah. minors yeah yeah minors as well well disposable lungs disposable miners. yeah
1: so shall we segue into my what the fuck moment there as you said if you you feel that i'm being articulate do you know who do you know who's had a very interesting use of how they were being articulate yeah. Yeah. good old Gertie and their emojis
0: um oh why yeah
1: I mean 2009 I guess the time period but like I didn't hate it because I loved this movie so much that finding a what the fuck moment for this movie was actually difficult so I do think it's hilarious that we're only like three movies in and we were like oh shit couldn't really find a what the fuck moment but i i couldn't help it i was like i was watching it and then like the you know the, the deadpan face or the sad face or the little tear or the happy smile I was just like what is happening oh my god why? oh shit why <laughs> is because Gertie
0: i just i just thought if moon was updated for 2020 the only thing that would change is emojis yes. <laughs> why did they have the la- why didn't Gertie have the laughing with crying <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dancing girl! So, the dancing so now girl in red dress. <laughs> <laughs> so now all we have to do is we need to on our, on our socials. We need to have. We need to take Gertie pictures and update them with different emojis. Oh my god! <laughs> our episodes are dancing emoji yeah. on Gertie <laughs> <laughs> emojis. There was something so. I couldn't put my finger on it because when Gertie responds with a tear, it's just so. I know he's a robot, so I'll I'll forgive him that. Whoever played him, I don't know. I can't. Some some some
1: dude. We just yeah. Some some monotone disembodied voice that doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. So he has his tear. It's just such a sociopathic you know way to respond. (laughs) It is. It does remind me personally in my life of times when someone is telling me something super sad, and I go in my head. I'm like make sad Sad face (laughs) sad face frida sad face and i kind of go is it sad enough you know like there are i related in a little bit to that kind of awkwardness of sad face um but i think that's it that's the what the fuck
1: yeah so final verdict well i mean the first one (laughs) the first one is pretty clear (laughs) um like did the movie pass the bechdel test
0: we can give this one a pass we don't need to we don't need
1: to talk about it yeah I mean it didn't it didn't but at the same time because of the setup and the way the movie is constructed and the way the casting is done in the movie I don't really feel like it's an issue in any way shape or form for this movie so I think we just need to that's a skip yeah it's a it's a skip on that it's a good
0: movie but Abby like I do just want to see more stories with women got damn it Mm. like i i I appreciate the fact that these are good movies but i'm getting so tired of like all the movies i've ever seen being stories about men yeah and i i really just want to see different sorts of representations on film i really do yeah but i i do love this movie Regardless, I'm not going to judge it on that factor. The only problem with
1: that is that as we move forward, more stuff and newer stuff and more recent stuff that comes out, we will be able to have that. But the more we talk about older movies and movies made, you know, a couple of years ago, we're just, we're going to keep coming up and facing that problem. And I'm just saying this because, you know, just preempt for what the next movie is going (laughs) to (laughs) be.
0: I know, but it's it's something I really... I am really waking up to this, I have to say. I'm really waking up to the fact that the movies, stories are just told about men. Well, it's good.
1: We should wake up to it and then we should shout about it, which was what we're doing. So that's great. Well, question number two. Did it pass the here comes the science bit?
0: I think in terms of, like, science in the movie, I think it's, like, done wonderfully as well as a science fiction can ever hope to do mm-hmm. there's always going to be fantastical elements to a science fiction movie yeah um but this is as good as it gets i would say yeah i agree in my in my view so pass uh, i give it a, yeah. a oh yeah oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah and what is Sorry. your final verdict five out
0: of five yes yes i love this movie I don't, I want to be generous. Agreed. I don't think it, like, it's just, but, but like this movie, it, although like, yeah, no, I love this movie. It doesn't, it doesn't give us, you know, we, we're going to like actually watch science on film and in some of our movies coming up definitely. So we'll see a little bit more of the representation of a scientist. So we didn't, he didn't challenge us in that regard, but in terms of using science as a basis for a storytelling, mm-hmm loved it yeah loved it recommend this movie to our children our children's children <laughs> and our children's children's children
1: and give sam rockwell all the awards for always and ever yes
0: yeah <laughs> for doing for carrying a whole movie on his own oh, so good well done,
1: so good but yeah i agree yeah. i go i i would give a five out of five as well um wonderful for, for all of great him. so
0: Yes. So within, last week was was like a one half a star for Spiderman. Yeah. <laughs> so that was our pilot concert. Abby you Have you the movie for next week? I am. What is the movie for next week? For the next for Tell in in two weeks' videos. time.
1: Remember, we're every two weeks. in two weeks' time. <laughs> excuse me. So I'm going to bring us back up into something a little bit more fun, a little bit less thought provoking, but still a movie that I think we uh, we all enjoy very much. And I'm very excited. So our movie is going to be Independence Day. Yay. Um, so yeah. So if you would like to join us in two weeks time. And we will talk about Independence Day. Please do. If you would like to get in contact. You can email us on science at the movies at gmail.com. Or you can catch us on Instagram at science at the movies. Thank you so much.
0: Woo. Thank you. Let's see you next yeah, time. Nice Yay. Yeah. I started to get actually started to get super nauseous and then i looked at how much of the wine bottle that i had drunk and i looked at it and i was like oh yeah i'm throwing up tonight